0: Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Who's glad to be in church? You glad? Happy to be here? It's going to be a good day. Hang on, I just need to adjust this so I can get close. I'm glad I get to be here with you. How we can never. I just want to say this: we can never, we can never be more thankful or more grateful that we get to join. There is a lot of pl- a lot of places this morning that aren't able to meet. A lot of churches that aren't able to gather together, right? And so we need to be really, 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 really thankful that we can. Really grateful. There's a lot to complain about. There is a lot to complain about, but there's also a lot to be thankful for. And I just want to really challenge you that we we need to we need to be very grateful and very thankful for all God's doing in our lives. Amen. Are you grateful to be in the room? Yes. Would you rather be at home? Exactly, exactly. Otherwise the dog has to be fed and something else my cat has to be fed twice and we don't need that. Now, I believe in uh, I believe that we should be tithing, honoring God with all of our finances, but I'm not going to share that a, a scripture with you right now. I've kind of just decided that the word of God is brutal enough this evening, and it's going to probably deal with it at some stage in there. So we'll just kind of skip right over it, and we're just going to keep going. Are you ready for that? Now I've got a couple of things I just want to share with you. Um, uh, our Bible project, uh, man. Thank you so much to everybody who's giving. You don't know how grateful I am. I believe that what we're about to do with Bibles is going to just change everything having everybody able to have a Bible who walks through these doors, having every one of your friends who needs a Bible who hasn't walked through these doors, just knowing that you've got a Bible is going to make me feel a whole bunch better. And then all I have to do after that is get you to read it. Right. But, but I'm going to get one to you at some stage. And so you guys have been generous. Some of you have been generous, like beyond what I could ever have even thought or imagined. And so I want to, I really am thankful for that. Thank you for what you're doing. You guys are really amazing. Um, I hate masks, I do, right, that's why I preach. And so uh, I hate masks, but but Teresa's made some masks and uh, she's put the Link logo on them, there's mine. I've got a bigger one, my one's bigger because I've got a beard. If you've got a beard, you get a bigger one. Uh, but they are at the back there and what she's decided to do is if you want to put some money toward it, she's just said, look, chuck 10 bucks at it, get a mask, you do two things once, you tell the whole world that we exist. The other thing that happens is everything that, She gets for that. She's just going to put straight towards the Bible project. Amen. So so what you're buying here, uh, COVID doesn't get to stop the word of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, The other thing is we need help. If you're available, 3 p.m., we start setting up here. We just need help with a few things, setting up some chairs, you know, curtains, moving some boxes around, uh, basic stuff. But but I am asking that uh, if you're available, please come give the guys a hand, right? They're trying to make this place awesome every week for you and for your guests and for your visitors. You with me? Prayers at 4.30. If you missed this evening, you missed out. I wasn't sure that the service was going to happen. I thought the service was happening, right? Like it was it was full on. Uh, I was with the gentleman praying. I don't know what was going on with the girls, but they had that look in their eye like, uh-uh, here we go. Um, so next time I'm praying with the girls. Um and then next next Saturday, we're gonna, I'm going to put some details in the group. If you're not part of that group, please talk to me. Um, but we have a, a um, signal group where we just connect, where I can make sure that you're all encouraged, where I can just love on everybody and you get to love on everybody. Join in that group. We're going to just go walk around. We're going to go make a difference. That's how you connect with us, with the signal group. Uh, and then we're going to go around the city. I'm really grateful that you can't see the background. It's so annoying. Um but we're just going to go make a difference. We're going to hand out some flyers, pop them in people's post boxes, and we're going to start letting this place know that we exist. Yes? Amen? So um, chat to Joe, she's up the back there, or Daniel, and Daniel will let you know what houses have not received a flyer, but he's done a lot of them. Pretty much almost all of them are done. It's the fastest growing suburb in, uh, in Australia is Beldivis, and and he seems to have reached everyone in it. So there's not much to do, actually. He's done most of the work. Are you ready for this evening? Story time. All right, turn your attention to the screen. Around our teacher, lean in and listen to stories that at the time we thought were just tales of adventure, but really they were designed to teach us skills to navigate life, family, work, and so much more. Jesus also told stories called parables, where he taught how to live a kingdom life right here on earth. Stories on trees, seeds, and fruit, money, family, and honesty. And whilst we may not be kids anymore, we're not too old for story time. How many of you love that last shot? Everyone knew the answer, and then Joe knew the answer. But when Joe knew that answer, she was like, no, I've got it. Her hand went right up. She went high at the end. She's like, I have no idea what's going on. But when she finally clicked... She was in. You could measure your reaction on calendar, Joe, but that was good. That was good. Story time. Did you enjoy it last week? Have you recovered? Have you recovered? The stitches are in. I'm about to unstitch you and open that wound right up, right? Um, I'm going to just kind of say from the outset, I love you. I said it to the guys praying. I just want to tell you that I love you. And in no way, shape, or form, do it. anything that happens after this does that. That doesn't change it. I just love you. Come back next week. Story time's going to get better. I'm trying to find some really nice ones that Jesus preached. It turns out he didn't, right? But um, I want to share these things because they spiritual truths, and and what he's done is he's shared things, and he's used a practical example alongside this truth that he's shared, and and it's it's available to you. And the key to a parable, of course, is that you are seeking, right? You've got to be seeking. I'm going to show you all of this in this parable that what I'm saying is true. If you want to find out um, what Jesus is talking about, it's not just enough to just stand here or sit here and just attend and leave. That's the quickest way to go nowhere fast, right? Like you, it just doesn't work that way. You're going to have to, you're going to have to press in and find out what he was doing, why he was doing it, how he was doing it. Right? I'm going to show you all of this in scripture. Uh, you're going to need to open your ears and open your eyes. I can say something and you miss it. And, I, and you can miss something that God is doing. You can miss what's happening in the Word of God by just thinking that you're seeing, but you're not really seeing. And you need to always be praying. God, open my eyes. Let me see what is really happening. Open my ears. Let me hear and understand what you are saying. Right? And so uh, I'm going I, to share this message from no other place than from a place of urgency. Just urgency. Urgency. Just because it's that important that you get this. That if I, if you feel like, whoa, this chair didn't come with a seatbelt. Uh, like, I'm not trying to blow you out of it backward. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I am trying to get you to the point of is by the time we leave here, you realize that there is way more to the Word of God than what you maybe thought. Right? And I want to, I want us to get there. Amen? Right. So, a, a parable it comes from the Greek word. I'm going to try my best. Paraboli. Anyway, para means beside Uh, Balo means to cast or to throw, so parable is to throw or to cast alongside, right? So Jesus is saying something, it has spiritual significance, that is what we're looking for. He's using a practical example, our job is to try and navigate the practical so that we can get to the spiritual, right? The practical is because you and I maybe just need somebody to explain it in a way that makes sense. Right? That is what I wanted the teachers at school to do. And people like Kurt didn't get there with me, right? They just used things like Pythagoras. I don't know what that means, right? But, but what it is, is we're, we're trying to understand a spiritual thing because we are first and foremost spiritual beings. This that you are wearing, that good looking skin that covers you, right? That's just your earth suit. That is just your earth suit. Eventually, that thing's going to wither away, right? You think it's getting bad, it, it, it gets worse. Things start hanging. Things start sagging. Uh, you know, if I, if I, my face is really this long. This is just hiding. This is just hiding double chins, like multiple levels of it. This is actually how long my face is, right? But we're, we are getting we're getting older in the natural, but I'm telling you we're getting younger because we're heading towards something supernatural. You're going to get your glorified body. I'm convinced mine's going to be very similar to what's going on right now, right? Some of you are hoping that sort of maybe 15 or 20 years ago that version. Am I somebody with me in the room, right? So we're going to be reading uh, from Matthew 13. I'm going to set the story up for you, and then we're going to land. And so, I uh, People are, people are doing life together and they hear about this pastor Jesus is coming. He's been preaching. And I say pastor, not to be disrespectful, but right now he's just the dude sharing the word. They don't really know him as Lord and Savior at this stage. They just know him as the guy who's just talking. Some of them think he's talking trash. Others think he's just like this guy's been smoking some turbo lettuce or something. Like this guy's off on another planet. Other people think, man, this guy is the bomb. But you have mixed reviews. And so all these people hear that this guy is preaching and they're intrigued. What's going to happen? Because like, when Jesus is going to say something, he's going to do a number of things. One, he's going to upset somebody. That's going to be cool. He's going to really annoy someone. Somebody's going to get there. They're going to get bent out of shape. Somebody else is going to be like, I love you. right? Other people are going to die. I'm following him forever. And even those people are in for hiding. Right, so there's like this mixed reviews. Jesus is coming and they got to do this. Jesus does what we're not doing. And I'm not taking, I'm looking at them going, well, maybe we need to change this. But they gathered their friends, they gathered their mates, they gathered everybody, and they put their bodies and bikinis on and they went for the beach. Right? Who needs to do beach and bikini and boardies, Amen. Right? Like we we put some girls in bikini. I'm telling you, we'll have people everywhere. They'll be like, "I love Jesus too." They are just coming at us. Right? You see me in a set of board shorts. I'm telling you that that place will be queuing. It will be, that is why we don't do it. It's just because it's just too much work, right? We just don't have the team for it now. But, but they all head down to the beach and Jesus is going to be talking and, and everybody's running around and they gathered and, and, and he starts to share these stories. And there is the church, what he's doing there is totally different to what we are doing. He is sitting and everyone else is standing, We've got to get back to biblical principle here. I need to bring me that chair that Beck had. You guys can stand for the duration of the service, and he starts sharing these stories over and over again. Multiple stories, and there is a bunch of people, a whole lot. Bible says there were multitudes. There are mass amounts of people that are coming to hear the word, right? And this is the problem: we have big crowds going nowhere. We have we have churches that are just they full with no life change. And I'm, I'm not against big church, make no mistake. I plan to reach planet Earth, like I am not here just to play small. But I'm not here just to have a crowd. I've said many times, if it's a numbers game, I'll save the money, not set this up and rent a crowd. It's cheaper and faster, right? I'm more than happy to put 1,000 people in the room just to prove a point, but that's not going to do anything. Right? So we need to worry less about the number, but realize that number can make a difference. The more people in the room, the less people going to hell. The more people that we, that we snatch from the gates of hell, the more people they can help. So we need to move. We need to move. But at the same time, we need to realize that just making up a number in a chair is not going to change a thing. So he's sharing all of these stories, multitudes of stories, just over and over again. Everyone's listening. And then something happens. And the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all record a certain story. And, and well, well, if there was this many being shared, I can't think that they were not important. But there was something about this story that he shared that was very important. Important enough that they all started taking notes. They all stopped what they were doing and started to lean in just that little bit more. And sometimes you've got to get to the stage, I was taught young, Uh, as soon as I gave my life to the Lord, the pastor said, Andrew, I know at school you thought you were cute, you used to sit at the back, now you're not in school, you sit here. And if I don't see you making notes, I'm going to call you out. I made notes about anything. And then, and then. I was so scared he'd call me out. But I learned very quickly, there is something in the Word of God that can change my life. And I always was looking for just that one thing. You want to find out whether that's changed in my life? It hasn't. Look at any one of the things I preach. I'm trying to get one thing across. Right? I never left me. What was important? Why? And and what can we learn from this? And so my sermon title is, Where Did the Seed Fall? Where Did the Seed Fall? It's going to get better. So Jesus is shouting. He shares a story. He says... There's a sower. He decided to plant seed. You've seen how those bags are coming back, like those moon bags, those bum bags are coming back. In Jesus' name, come back fast. Right? I'm ready. I've got one waiting. The minute I see more than one person, they're coming. Right? It's coming. Kurt wants one. right? It's where he can keep his guitar strap so He doesn't leave it at home. But anyway, um, he, decided to, he decided to plant some seed. You know, they used to fold it in their clothes. They used to keep it in their, in their moon bags. What are they called? Moon, bum bags, moon bags. I've heard fanny packs. I don't know. I've heard all sorts of things. I don't know what they call. Would, but they would go out and they would, they would throw seed. Now, now, understand something. When you're throwing seed, it wasn't like he just ran around and went, and where it lands, it lands. No, he, he was still pretty specific. He was still aiming within an area. You just don't always get everything exactly where you wanted it to be. Right? So there's not this, like, blind... Right? That's not how he does it. Are you with me? Are you laughing at the story or at me? You're going to be okay. And so anybody who's doing this is looking for a return on investment. None of us go to work and think, man, I just love my boss. You know what? Today he can have for free. My time's free today, Lord. Bless my boss. No. No, my time's worth more. I want an increase, baby. I want double time. I know it's seven o'clock in the morning. Hook a brother up. None of us go to work and go. I'm working for free. No. If if I put in something, I want a lot of money back. Anyone different? No. I don't even have to ask. We all want a return on investment. And so the sower is sowing. He's throwing seed, and he wants a return on investment. And just so I can help you in advance, his name is Jesus. And he's not doing it because he's bored. He's doing it because he wants a return on his investment and he says some seed fell by the wayside, fell on the side and birds came, they ate it. Some fell on stony ground, not much earth, they came up quick enough but there was no substance as soon as the sun came, it died, there wasn't enough root to sustain it. Some fell amongst the thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked the seed and it died some fell on good soil, produced fruit, some 30, some 60, or even 100 times what was planted. And then he finishes with this. Those who have ears, let them hear. And this is why Jesus said, send the kids to me, but he didn't run kids' church. Everybody is confused. So everyone on the beach, and you need to catch this now, everyone hearing the story, all these people are sitting there. Jesus is sharing the story. In amongst all of this are his disciples. They're hearing it as well. Right? And For the most part, people are happy. I mean, let's go. Next story. You've already shared so many. Let's, just, let's keep crack on, bro. And that is how we approach the Word of God. And that is how we approach church. We come. We listen. Good. Awesome. Let's go. We just move on. We never take it any further than that. We just move on. But the disciples, they confused. What is going on? What is he talking about? That is the most random story. Like, what is he, where is he going with this? Is there a point? Because I didn't catch it if there was one. And they don't have the benefit of having to read the next part of scripture. That's all they got, that's all they had. And by the way, the Bible only comes a lot further down the track. So they died with only what they had. There was never this moment where he went, all right, come on, come on, gather around, gather around. I'm going I'm to I'm unpack this for you. He didn't do that. And so the disciples, they do what the majority of people do not do. And they went to Jesus. If you're taking notes, that's what you should be writing down. I need to go to Jesus. Not I need to go to church. This is important, but for a whole bunch of other reasons, you cannot just come here, walk in, and walk out. You have to come in, and has to stir something in you. You need to be going to Jesus. And they ask, and they go looking, and they seek for more, and they're trying to understand, and they go to Jesus. What are you on about? What is going on? And so, verse ten. His disciples came and asked him. Why do you use parables when you talk to people? What are you doing? Like, what's the point of this? He's told lots of stories. I feel like church went on too long that day. Like, let's go, man. Every time he starts coming to the end of that one story, they're like, man, he's landing this thing. He's landing. And then he leads in with another one. Oh, he's doing a flyby. Like, this guy's just, he's just going on and on and on. Jesus replied, he said, You are permitted to understand the secrets, and one one, uh, translation says the mysteries. You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. And that's where I got stuck for a long time. What? I thought you were for everyone. Why are some okay and some not? Why can some people know and some people not? I couldn't get my head around this. And it's going to make sense in a little while, but here's the the thing. Remember, it was a parable. And the key to it, to unlock it, was seeking the answer, not just hearing. He said, those who have ears, you need to listen. You need to hear me. And so when they approached Jesus and they were like, help me understand this. Help me get this. Help me to grasp it. Bam! It was unlocked to them. And they now are permitted to know because they went to seek Him to find the answers. Most people never find out because they never go to Jesus. They hear a story, but they never unpack it. They never make it real. They never do anything with it. Verse 12, it says, To those who listen to my teaching, listen, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. If you're going to listen, you're getting more. If you don't want to pay attention, that's it. Your choice. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken from them. That is why I use parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really understand. He's explaining to his disciples, what's the point of telling people, the deeper things of God if they don't want the deeper things of God. people have often said to me, bro like you got to preach like meat man you are like a 27 year old baby you don't need meat bro you need breast milk like you need to go back to the beginning. you don't want meat, you just don't want to hear you just don't want to apply anything with your life. Use the what you've got and you will get more. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah saying when you hear what I say, you won't understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. Verse 15, mark this: for the hearts of the people are hardened. Their ears cannot hear, for they've closed their uh, their ears cannot hear, and they've closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see. Their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand. They cannot turn to me. And let me heal them. Gets better. Then he says, verse 17, or 16, he says this. But blessed are your eyes because they see, your ears because they hear. He's still explaining why I'm telling you and not them. I'm telling you because you're, you've seen something. I'm telling you because you're listening, you're understanding, you're clicking, something's happening. I can tell you more. Verse 17, I'll tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. They long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. And there are a lot of people in right standing with God that never get the spiritual truths of God. There are a lot of prophets who are desperately trying to hear from God. They can't hear from God. They can't say nothing about the word of God. They cannot. They're desperate, but they didn't catch this one thing, this one truth. Your heart was hardened. Now watch here. This is where he really turns up the heat. and You start to see him deal with the, with the heart. Verse 18. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. Verse 19. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom don't understand it. So you hear the message, even on a Sunday, right right here. You, you hear the message, but you don't get it. I don't understand. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in your heart. I didn't get it. Gone. Now, this is why we do things like, what's next? That's why. Not because I've got a free night and because I've got nothing to do. I do it because if you don't understand it at its foundation, at its core, what is salvation? What is baptism? What is my next step? What do I do? If I don't explain that to you, if I don't teach it to you, if you don't understand it, even that will be taken from you. I am fighting to give you everything that is available to make sure that you don't lose this word. That's why we do it. If you don't understand, you're in trouble. And the problem with what's been going on for a very long time is people come to church. They give their life to Jesus. They're too afraid to come forward. They don't want anybody to help them. I'm not putting up my hand. You'll know that I was in trouble. I knew you were in trouble before you walked through the door. I knew because you and me both. When I do an altar call, whose hand is up first? It's mine. I don't need you. You're always going to be second place. I know it's coming. My hand is up because I know I need him. And until something shifts in you and you get over what the person next to you is thinking, you're always going to be trapped where you are. Until you get to the place where you can be bold enough and brave enough to say, I need help. I have no idea what that means. I just know that I have to give my life to Jesus. I don't know what that means. I don't know how it works. I don't know what happens next. Until you get that in you, you run the risk of having it taken from you. It's not read your Bible. You give your life to Jesus. Here's a Bible. Read it. You'll be good. Come to church next week. No, there there is more. There is always another step. There is always more. You need to get over this I've arrived thing and start to get some traction, start to get some movement. You're never going to grow unless you do it. You're never going to understand. The seed, verse 20, on rocky soil, represents those who hear the message immediately receive it with joy. Woohoo, yes! That word was good. That many people have come to me after I've preached. Pastor, amazing, best word I've ever heard my whole life. Amazing. You know, my last pastor, he never preached anything like that. He wasn't anyway half as good as you. Like, it just landed. I tell you, there was moments where it was just like you cut to the heart and I never see change in their life. I'd rather you don't tell me. Like, there's no validation. I don't go home and go, yes, nailed that one because four people said it was good. I knew it was good before I walked in here. That's why I'm preaching it but since you don't have deep roots, don't last long. They fall away and as soon as they have problems or persecuted for believing God's word, trouble love it. This is amazing. I've got this. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Preach that word. I hear it all the time. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And a lot of people are yes, 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 yesing or jumping from church to church. How many people are here? well, I just believe that it's kind of like God hasn't called me to one church. I don't know what you believe in. God didn't tell you. The Bible you're reading is wrong. And, and, And you are most certainly called to be planted. He says those that are planted in the house will flourish. A big tree is going to need some deep roots. But every time you get offended, you're gone. Every time something happens, you run. Every time somebody says something you don't like, boom, you're out of here. I know it's not comfortable. There are a lot of dead churches. I'll just tell you, they are. They exist. There's a lot of great churches, right? They are. And you don't have to be in this one. But you do have to be in one. You do have to pick. You'll have noticed, I haven't turned up to your house with a gun yet. I have not done anything to threaten you, force you to stay. I haven't phoned you and said you will or else. There was no physical threat. I don't know what Kurt's doing. But the rest of us, we're not doing that kind of stuff, right? We don't do that. But you've got to find where it is you call. Man, if you are that desperate to get to T.D. Jake's church, go. But go and be planted. Go and tithe. Go and get involved. Go and make a difference. Go and learn. Go and understand. Go, 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 go. Whatever it is, go. But find your place. Find your place. This hopping around trying to prove it, You're not proving anything to anyone. Hang in there. You're going to survive. Verse 22, the seed... That fell amongst the thorns. Get ready for your tithing message. Represents those who hear God's word, but too quickly uh, the message is crowded out by the worries of life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The thorns, just so you know, right? The issues of life and the lure of money, right? You and your Bentley, right? Your dreams, is the only thing that is explained that came up quicker than the fruit from the seed. God put something in you, bam, issues come. The minute I gave my life to Jesus, all hell broke loose. Welcome to Christianity. You and me both, baby. I know the feeling. The minute God placed something inside of you, we can almost, it's like clockwork, you watch the trigger start. Suddenly they get the job. God blessed me with a jet ski. I've got this opportunity elsewhere. The lure of money is a massive, massive issue. It is a massive, massive issue. If you if God gives you something and you don't understand it and you are not planted, the minute life's issues come up, you're out of here. You get money or you get an issue, you're dead, and the word of God is dead in you. And anyone who's honest, who's been given their life to Jesus for anything more than, let's say, a day or two knows that this is true, Because we all faced it. Every one of us faced it. I faced it, you've done it too. It's tough. Lastly, tell your neighbor, say good news is coming. You don't sound convinced at all. I've never seen, I've never seen people just be like, good news is coming. He's lying, I could just tell. I just there's no way. There's no this guy can't be trusted. I don't trust him. Lord, make me like Philip, just make me disappear. Like I gotta get going here. <laughs> The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand. God's word, and it produced a harvest some 30, 60, or even 100 times what was planted. This is what I want. I want the word of God in me to have such an effect that my life will never be the same again. And as a result of my life changing, people's lives around me change too. They're more blessed. They're more loved, they're more protected, they're more cared for because of what God's done in my life. That's fruit. That's fruit. I gave, since I gave my life to Jesus, everything changed. Did I face challenges? You have no idea. Lots. But I've always persisted, pushed through. Why? Because it matters. It matters. And somebody's life can be changed. I want to see people set free and find their purpose and find deliverance and find healing. So the question I've got for you is when you hear God's word, where did that seed fall? Where's it falling now? By the wayside? You didn't understand it, so uh, you, meh, to God, you're going to get meh back at you. They'll fall on stony ground. You're not planted, so the first signs of trouble, you're out of here. Just a little bit of sun and you wither away, a little bit of heat. Maybe it's amongst the thorns. You can always know. You always know whether this is an issue. The minute you hear the tithing message, you're like, mm-mm, not me, baby. You ain't taking my money. Yep or on good soil. You're taking the time to learn and grow and understand. You're not where you were, you're not where you want to be, but you certainly are further than where you were. You're growing, like it's getting better. My life is different. It's not what it used to be. And I like it. I like it. If I had a choice, I'd choose this, then choose what I used to be. I'm growing. I'm developing. That's good soil. That means the Word of God, every time you hear it, is starting to take root in your life. And it's starting to produce life in all different areas. That's what roots do. They never, they ne- You never ever pull something out. I don't know if you've ever pulled out weeds, right? You pull them out in a concrete slab and you pull it out. The root's are that long. You're like... But the slab's not that long. Like it's not that I don't even know how that happened, right? And they're everywhere. You you pull it up. Have you ever pulled it? You pull in your driveway and it starts running down. You think, How can something this big have a root that long? Like, what's going on? Yeah, small fruit, but those roots are deep, man. Now you gotta have to work to pull it out. You have to work to get that thing out. So let me say this respectfully. Pastoring a church is hard work. You're not that bad, but it is hard work. Like, it's not easy. It's really not easy. They lied. They said, do it. It'll be great. Right? You hear people's stories, the tragedy and the hurt and the pain. And one of the hardest things is, is you've got to lock a lot of that away. Like, I've got to lock that in. I've got to lock in what I hear. I've got to be very, very careful about what I say. The, the people that I trust to speak into my life, I've got to know that those people are also like a vault. They've got to give me advice that matters. They've got to give me clarity. They've got to give me direction. Like, it's not easy. It's hard to find money. To do this is not that easy. It's not that easy. Like, it, it used to be easy. The pastor said to me, Andrew, you hold that coin so tight when you let it go that person on the back is crying. Like, you squeeze so tight. Like, I just, I just figured like, what, like, but it's like $5, man. Like, make that work for you, baby. Pray about it. But it's not that easy. It's not that easy. This is hard work. I'm just being honest. It's difficult to juggle work and a church. I have a full-time job. Most of you, by the time you get home, I'm having morning tea. Like, by the time you get to work. By the, t- by the time you've read your first four emails, I'm having lunch. By the time you get home, I've still got a couple of hours left before church. And am I complaining? Not a bit. Do I feel like crying? Often. There are days where I just feel so overwhelmed. If I'm honest, I feel so overwhelmed. I, I had one recently. I just had to pull over. I just pulled over at the beach. I just took 10 minutes and thought, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Everything inside of me is like, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. And you wonder like, why am I doing this? What is the point? But then I get moments, and I watch somebody's life turn around. There's breakthrough. They get healing. They keep coming back, and they say they're enjoying it. They're learning something. And you, all of that pain, all of the pressure, it just disappears. It becomes insignificant for the moments that you see somebody's life turn around. The moment you see somebody raise their hands for the first time, somebody make a decision, somebody come to a a what's next, somebody who says, Man, I want to join a team, I want to make a difference with you guys. Those moments make all of that pain seem like it's nothing. That's fruit. That's fruit. That's fruit. what I'm asking is that a lot of what happens in here doesn't make sense. A lot of what we say, a lot of what I share may not make sense. Please, find out what it means. Understand it so that the enemy doesn't steal it from you. Be planted. Be planted. Don't just let anything that comes, because you don't have any ground underneath you, you've got no substance, you've got no support structure, that's what e-groups are for, man. They, they support structures for you. For you, the amount of work we do in e-groups is for you to make sure that you are loved, you're protected, you're prayed for, you're cared for. That's why we do these things. Those things exist so that when the pressure comes, you don't fall away. When, the, when, when life happens, that there is some sort of network that holds you together. I got to pray with some people last night who I haven't seen in a year and a half, but when trouble came, they phoned me and said, Andrew, I need help. Can you just pray I'm stuck? Why? We did life together for so long that they felt like they could. That makes it worth it. Do they pick up the phone to you? Do they phone you? Do they contact you when they're in trouble? That's when you know you're making a difference. Don't make money your God. Don't make the troubles of life. Don't let that get you. I'm telling you, if you check your bank account more than you check in with God, I know who your God is. I know who your God is. If you wake up six days a week and you're more concerned, about, more concerned about your financial situation than you are a God, I know who your God is. I just know. I just know. I don't care how much somebody gives. It's a heart condition. He's dealing with the heart. Is your heart soft? Is it hard? And he's saying if it's hard, you need to soften it because I cannot heal you. I cannot help you until you humble yourself and come before the living God and say, God, I don't understand, but I need help. And that's why the local church existed. That's why he created family. That's why he created network. Because he knew that the enemy was after the word that you've received. And everybody sitting on the beach is just skipping along in their bikinis and their towels on their way home, having an ice cream. They have no idea of what just happened. But the disciples, they knew, they knew there was something about what he just shared, and they went to find out, out, and he unlocked this truth for them. And he said to them, you better make sure that your heart is right before God, because otherwise the word that is sown will produce no fruit in your life. How many of us want to get to the end and we go, Man, I'm rich. I'm living in a big house. I've got a Bentley. I've got a wife who looks like the bomb. She's had so much plastic surgery. She looks like she's 17 again. Like, it's awesome, but I've made no difference with my life. I don't want to get there. I don't want to get there. I told you it would get better. I just told you it would get better. What the heck is this good news anyway? The wages of sin, Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That is good news. Thank goodness. And thank goodness I don't have to pay for it. Thank goodness I don't have to do anything for it. Thank goodness it is a gift and it's free what it cost was already paid for by him and i'm telling you this because it matters because your life matters if you're sitting here and you're feeling like you're just far from god you're just far and you once you once were on fire but you just it's, it's just gone it's okay that you're here it's just not okay that you stay the way you are and there is answers there is a way forward And we want to help you. I want to be there for you. So this gift, how do I get it? Because if you're looking at the door thinking he's maybe going to walk in with it. Romans 10.9 says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Surely I have to do more. No. What What if I get my life right, then come to Jesus? Not going to happen. Ask your neighbor. They came to Jesus a long time ago. Their life's not right. They're still trying to figure this thing out. They put their church face on and, you know, look great, but they struggle. I just really wanted that story to be fluffier, if I'm honest. Like, I just wanted something nice. Like, somebody once said, imagine Jesus was your pastor. Mm -mm. Nope. I'll pick another one. The dude was brutal. But how important is this? How important is this that the story that we're hearing, that word that we're receiving, he's sharing. He's sharing, and you get to share. And and I want to encourage you, if you're the kind of person who goes out sharing the word, you think, man, like I never have any success. You will have success. Just statistically, you're only going to have 25%. Kurt's the only one who was like, gotcha, bam, easy, it's a numbers game. (laughs) My fear is that we come and we're like everyone on the beach. That's my fear, that we get so used to hearing the preaching that it doesn't affect us anymore. I know that many people are like, man, I listen to like seven sermons a week. Did you listen to ours? Did you ever stop? Like, where were you? I wasn't there. But don't worry, I listened to Stephen Furtick. Bro, pack up and go to Stephen Furtick. If that is where you're going to, if that is your main source of food, you should be tithing there. You should be serving there. You should go. And, and, and that's no judgment on anyone. Like, please, by all means. Like, if I found somebody who's like, man, i only listen to you, then come. Come and help build. But I don't want people, uh, like, I'm not here to try and bribe people to stay. That's just not who I am. I'm desperately, desperately pushing for you to find where God has you. Get stuck in. Get those roots down deep. So that when the pressure comes, I'm here. When the the storms come, I've got a support structure. When I hear the word, I've got somebody to talk to and find answers. But I'm immovable. Because when you're immovable, the devil can see it. He can realize, man, that is pointless. That's why when you first give your life to Jesus, all hell breaks loose. He is trying to get you away. Because if you were to settle in, get your roots in deep, decide that this is where I'm going to do life, connect with people, make a difference. He knows that he cannot stop you. And he wants to kill you. That's why he, ro- he roams around, roaring, seeking whom he may devour. Who can, I, who can I go? I'm telling you now, if you walked into this room and I'm standing here, even with my shirt off, and you're in awe of it. And then standing next to me is Mike Tyson. And you walk, you're walking right. I'm picking a fight with someone today. I just feel... Like there is no way you'd pick a fight with me. you take Tyson on any day of the week. You'd be picking the weaker of the two. You look for him. You go, I'll take Tyson before I take Andrew. I'm going after him. You would. You're going to look for, it's what happens. When, when lions are hunting, they don't look around and go, "Hmm, that one's big. Let's go that one. They don't. They go, that one's weak. Go for that one. The devil's looking for something easy where he can take you out. That's why you stay in the herd. That's why you stay close. That's why. That's why you do it. Because there's power where you are. There's, there's protection where you are. Amen? Come on, bow your heads. We're going to pray. Jesus loves you. And believe it or not, so do I. A lot. I love you so much that I'm prepared to tell you the truth. I'm prepared to tell you whether it's comfortable or not. I'm prepared to tell you even if you think, man, I'm, I'm so offended tonight. I just, I don't know which way to turn. I still would have done it the same way. Because I'm not sharing something to hurt someone. I'm sharing something to liberate you guys. I'm sharing something in a way that I know everything about your life would change. And I'm asking you to take a moment and to consider your salvation and the impact of the Word of God in that. We can no longer make missing church, missing the presence of God, missing prayer, we can no longer make that a priority. We can no longer preference anything other than being here. And I don't want to be the guy who walks around begging for money. No, I want us to believe enough that we give. We see what's going on and we make a difference in the same way Teresa did. I've got a way that I can do something that I think can help get a Bible in somebody's hands. And she took a terrible situation like a mask, but she did something with it. I don't want to beg a church to come to prayer. I want the church to be at prayer because they understand the power of it. I don't want to have to come up with some advertising campaign with how I'm going to get you guys to help set up or make a difference. I want you to do it because you're grateful, because you're thankful, because you're believing God for your friends and your family and you want this place to be amazing. You want to make a difference. I don't want to have to try and bribe you to come to what's next or starting point or any e-group. I don't want to do that. I want you to come because you can. If you can't come, that's fine. But if you can come, come. Allow me to help you. That's what I've given my life to. That's what I put myself through. To do what it takes to get you to where you need to be. But you have to understand the word of God. And he said, go into all the world and make disciples. How are you going to make a disciple if you yourself won't be discipled? How is that going to happen? If you've got a solution, I'm I'm open to hearing it because I'm looking for all of them, but I cannot find anything other than we must sit underneath the Word of God. We must get back to the place where we are in awe of the Word of God, where we're excited about what we heard. We found that something that we can apply this week that's going to change our life. I don't want the enemy to rob you. I'm desperately praying for you and fighting for you. Help me, fight with me. Stand for you as well. Stand against the enemy with me. Stand for the city with me. And I'm telling you, we can, we can change something. We can see breakthrough, we can see it. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.